Praise God. Wow, what a camp. Let's just remain standing a minute. I just wanted to say something to everybody. This has just been an outstanding meeting. And uh, every one of you, I thank you for your part in the, you because know, you contribute to the whole of everything that happens at camp. I don't, I don't know that I know everybody real personally. I know a lot of the faces, but, <clears throat> and I travel all over the world. I've been on over 100 mission trips, not bragging, just facts. But this is one of the most special meetings that I come to every year. And I appreciate you. And I want to just thank you for your part to take time out to come and be refreshed and get up under the work. And the speakers have been outstanding. I mean, I don't know what I'm going to add to that, but my two cents, I guess. And then I just thank God for all of you. I noticed that, of course, my people, when I say my people, people from Church on the Rock, New Albany, we have a strong ministry of helps. But I noticed a lot of you doing a lot of things, too. Uh, you know, picking up trash and moving tables and chairs and courteous to each other and all that contributes to a great camp. And the musicians, I'm telling you, they have been outstanding. <laughs> just been wonderful. Wonderful. All right, we, we just remain standing a minute. Father, we thank you tonight for what you're going to do and say. We thank you, Father, for the word, and we thank you for the spirit. And I just take uh, my liberty here and release all the angels that work with me, work for me, work in my mantle, work because of my office of ministry, and release them to fulfill what they have to give tonight, what they have to bring tonight, and also especially the angel that works with my words, that my utterances will have effect on this group of people. And that each of us will have an ear to hear. And we will establish ourselves in it. And we will reach for it. And we will yield to the Spirit tonight in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. <clears throat> you know, before my spiritual father went home, Dr. Dufresne, he would say many, many times, uh, and... Of course, Brother Hagin said it before that, that we're word and spirit people. And I tell you what, we need, to, we need to get out of our heads and into our spirit, man, and, and find out uh, what's available and what we can have and what we can do in the spirit. So I, I'm going to talk to you tonight about praying in tongues. And, uh, you know, I'm going to talk about my own experience, but I want you to turn to one reference, first of all, right here in the book of Jude. It's a little book right at the end of your Bible. If you go to Revelation and take a left, you're going to run into him. He's just like one chapter, a little, a little book of Jude. And uh, I wanted to read uh, <clears throat> not only from the uh, King James Bible, but from the Amplified on this verse here. Jude chapter, well, it's just one chapter, but verse 20 and the King James says, But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Notice that. But you, beloved, building up yourselves. So this is something you can do, and really something you must do, if you're going to build yourself up. Whatever you've received from whoever's ministered, whatever you received from me tonight, uh, you're going to have to keep that aflame. You're going to have to stir that in the inside of you. Uh, we all don't just live out here at camp all year. And so I, I want to share with you some things that I think will be helpful to us. 
Let me read from the Amplified Bible. And by the way, I did take Greek in seminary, not trying to impress you, but I made good grades. And I found the Amplified Bible to be the most accurate to the Greek of any Bible that I have in my library. I probably have 35 translations. But verse 20 of Jude says, But you, beloved, build yourselves up, founded on your most holy faith, make progress, rise like an edifice, which is the big front of a building, higher and higher, praying in the Holy Ghost. So this is something, if you'll do this, this will, you know, the, what the theme is rise. If you'll take time to pray in tongues, you'll start rising up. And, and I'd like to say it this way, as sweet as I can, there's no limit on it, there's no ceiling on it. The only ceiling is what you and I put on it. Our, our la- because we're just so inundated with so many things, you know. Most believers, in my opinion, live out of their heads, not their spirits at all. Every once in a while they have a, a faith accident or a spiritual de- deal. But for the most part, just so many live out of our head, and we've got to get over in the spirit. Not weirdness, but over where we're hearing from heaven clearly. And we know what God's telling us to do. When you, when you find out what God's told you to do and do that, it'll be successful. Now, Brother Hagin said this, we should, know more, we should know more things by the Spirit than we do. Brother Hagin went home in 2003, about 13 years ago thereabout. We come up so short when it comes to the supernatural because our spirits are not as spiritually keen as they should be and we're not trained. So if you take this tonight, just kind of let me be a drill sergeant. I'm going to help train you a little bit. Not that everybody here isn't praying in tongues, but I guarantee you none of us, including me, are praying as much as I should. That's probably why I'm dealing with it. I'm preaching it and getting convicted too at the same time. If you don't, if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, at some point tonight I'm going to have you come. If you want me to, I'll lay my hands on you and you can be filled. But let's understand something. When you get filled with the Holy Spirit, it's not the end of everything. It's not, it's not the climax, the summation you've arrived. That's just the beginning of what we're talking about, what Brother Hagin was talking about. You know, I know a lot of things that I never say to anybody because it's always necessary, but I know what's happening. I don't know everything, but I know what I need to know, and I'm learning more all the time as I grow. You listening to me? Let me read it again to you. But you, beloved, when he uses the word beloved in the New Testament, he's talking to the believers, the saints, the sons and daughters of God. But you, beloved, build yourselves up. Now, praise God, I I believe in listening to good CDs, DVDs, and I'm pretty narrow on my scope of that anymore. I don't listen to a lot of preachers, and some of them are really good preachers, but they're not in my camp. They don't think like I think, and they don't really help me a whole lot. So i just pretty narrow in my thinking. You can criticize me if you want. I just know what I'm talking about. When I started out, I was much broader, but as I've grown, I've gotten a little more narrow in a good way to get around people that understand the flow of the Spirit and can nurture my mantle. Hallelujah. So let me read this one more time. But you, beloved, build yourselves up. This is what I want to get over. You can take the initiative to build yourself up in the Spirit. I listen to good teachings from Dr. Dufresne, Pastor Nancy, Brother Hagen, some from Dr. Summerall, and a few others rarely. But anyway, my point is, you've got to take time to build yourself up. 
You know, only you can do that for you. You could get something out of what I'm saying. Hopefully you will because we're not ignorant. We're trying to teach you the importance of praying in other tongues. I just think most people are too busy. We got too much activities. We got computers and phones and iPads and iPods and the internet and just TV and just I could just go on and on and on. But you're going to have to learn to separate yourself from a lot of extra activity if you're going to comply with what I'm teaching you so that you could be a spiritually keen person. In other words, spiritually alert to what God wants from you and what you're to do when it regards other people. It'll make you an effective person for the kingdom. Anybody listening to me? Now, Smith Wigglesworth, these are old-timers. They're all in heaven up there shouting tonight, Smith Wigglesworth. He was a British preacher. I don't think he ever went to school much. He learned to read the Bible after he got saved. I think his wife, Polly, taught him that. But he raised 23 or 24 people from the dead in his lifetime. Powerful, powerful man of God. He made this statement. Being filled with the Spirit is worthwhile no matter what it costs. No matter what it costs. And sometimes it looks like it costs you something initially, but, you know, it's all for the better if you receive it. Now, I went, you know, I, got, I was a drug addict, and I got saved in the Southern Baptist Church. Thank God for the Southern Baptists. They, they're strong in new birth, water baptism, missions, and a couple other things. But I went to their seminary in Louisville in the 70s, and they didn't teach this. They didn't teach getting filled with the Spirit. They... Their attitude was, I got everything I got when I got saved. That's just not scriptural. In fact, they made fun of people who speak in tongues. Are you listening? But see, you know, I was just a hungry young man. I was hungry for the things of God. And I knew, I knew God enough to know he's capable of doing more than I'm seeing him do, but why is he not doing it? And, of course, you, you can't know unless you're taught. You can't have faith for what you're not taught. You know, that's why if people go to churches that don't believe in healing, you get sick, you're going to be sick or die there because you're not going to get healed there. If they don't teach it, there's no faith for that. And our modern church is becoming more heady, in my opinion, head knowledge, than spiritually led, and therefore we've got to learn to be word and spirit people. I took Greek in seminary, I mentioned that earlier, and of course I was just a young 26 to 28 years old in seminary. I had a professor for Greek that was probably 80 years old, very, very knowledgeable person, yet I made good grades in Greek, but then I took his class on the book of Acts as an elective course, and he just destroyed the supernatural in that. But he'd already taught me how to study out of my Greek New Testament, so when I would go home at night, I would compare what he'd said in class to what the Bible really says, and I started dawning on me, either he don't know this or he's lying about it. Either way, I'm not getting it. And I certainly wasn't going to raise my hand as a 28-year-old to an 80-year-old professor with 60 years of tenure and challenge him in front of a lot of students because I just wasn't going to do that, even if I knew I was right. I just wasn't going to do that. So I began to see some discrepancies there. And being hungry for the things of God, uh, you know, about two weeks before 
uh, I graduated from seminary, there was three other students like myself who went to visit a preacher, and he recommended to us Dennis Bennett's book, who Dennis Bennett was an Episcopalian, a Holy Ghost-filled Episcopalian guy, him and his wife Rita. And now I'm a Southern Baptist, and I'm going to read, and somehow that book got into my hands on a Friday night. I think I read four pages. We had some guests coming to our home, so I wasn't able to continue. The next morning I got up read four more pages. I read eight pages. The book's probably 150 pages long. I read eight pages of that book from this Episcopalian priest. And I fell on my knees in the back bedroom. I said, God, I'm, I, I see now that I need this, and I want it. And then I made this comment. I don't know, it just came out of my spirit. I, I didn't talk like this typically. And I said, I don't care who this separates me from or takes me to. Wow. And I started speaking in tongues. Just by myself. Nobody laid hands on me. Nobody instructed me. Other than those first eight pages of Dennis Bennett's book, The Holy Spirit and You, I just made a decision. I'm going to go for it. Well, I was pastoring a church that really didn't want to go with it. But I stood up and told them, you know, I'm, since I'm filled with the Spirit now, I'm going to start teaching you that and teaching you about divine healing and things like that. And so I guess within about a month, Maybe a month or six weeks, I got called on the carpet by three pastors that had nice buildings, paid parking lots, brick buildings. I think two of them had their doctorates. And uh, so I went to see them at their invitation. They wanted me to come see them. And they said, uh, we, we hear you talk about tongues and healing. Is that right, Michael? And I said, yes, that's right. They said, well... Um, that's not for us today. I said, really? I said, I have a copy here of the Baptist Faith and Message. This is written what we say we believe in. May I read you a quote? And I read page 47. We believe in the ministry of the Holy Spirit and His gifts. Uh, do we believe that or not? Well, I don't, know, I don't know anything about that. I said, well, then you shouldn't have wrote it. So <laughs> I got dressed down. They made fun of me. You're just a young, stupid, young preacher. What the pastor said, the pastor of the church we met, <laughs> he was really rude to me. And uh, the other two guys were not quite as hardcore, but they said, you just need to go back and get a better education and drop all this stuff. I said, well, I can. I said, I've experienced it. How can I go back on what God's done for me? How do you do that? Well, we don't know about that, but you're, you're in trouble because we don't believe that. And I said, well, I'm sorry you don't believe it, but I do. So another six weeks, I gave up my church. They didn't force me to. God told me to leave. But see what I'm saying? There's, there's, Brother Wigglesworth says, being filled with the Spirit is worthwhile no matter what it costs. Yeah. I really didn't have anybody to turn to in seminary. Most of those people were not spirit-filled. It's pretty lonely for me for a while. And I went back home to, my, to some of my good friends that were good friends when I left that were Southern Baptists still, and they treated me like I had leprosy. You'd have thought I, I'd killed my mother. Being filled with the Spirit is worth it no matter what it costs. <laughs> yeah, and you know God's blessed me since that was 1978. And since that day I got on my knees, I prayed in tongues every day since then. Every day I pray in tongues. And you can too. 
And it's important that you do that. I'm going to give you more insight into it than what we've just got started into it. But I just wanted to talk to you about this because this is important. Speaking in tongues is important. And we don't want to ever, ever want to forget that. And I know that day that the Spirit of God came on my life and I began to speak in other tongues. First couple words I said, Kalati. And then from there it just went on and on and on. And so... <laughs> That very day, the day that God baptized me with the Holy Ghost, filled me with the Holy Ghost, and, and I had the evidence of speaking with other tongues, which is the evidence that you have it, that you've been filled. Hallelujah. You know, when you get full, you'll speak. And uh, I had a young girl in my church, about 11 years old, in this church that I later resigned. She had had four, uh, four surgeries for tubes in her ears, and it hadn't worked. Her ears were full of fluid, and it, it was starting to rot her eardrums. And they were taking their daughter in for major surgery the next Friday. I, this was on a Saturday. So the Lord dealt with me. See, immediately after I got filled with the Holy Ghost, within three or four hours, he started revealing things to me. Now, he didn't reveal the girl was sick. I already knew that, but I didn't know this part. The Lord said, I want you to call the parents up, Michael, and bring her forward and pray for her. I'm going to heal her. Okay, here we go. And so I called the parents and, and said, you know, I want to pray for your daughter. Is that okay? I know she's going in for surgery next Friday. They're going to cut her head open on both sides, pull that out, and get in there and see if they could uh, give her some kind of ability to hear, even though a lot of things are messed up because the tubes hadn't worked. You know what I'm talking about? So they took the daughter back on Friday to the surgery, and the physicians came back out of the room and said, your daughter's perfect. What happened? This is your daughter, right? This is her name. This is her right here. Yeah. And you know that father got mad at me and practically cussed me out on the phone, said, I'm not coming back to your stupid church. I said, well, good. I don't need you if you're going to feel like that. And I said, what I want to know is, Dad, why would you rather your daughter be have major surgery when, when the doc doctors, they do the best they can do. I don't ever ridicule doctors. But at the same time, they couldn't guarantee that they could even fix it. And here God did it. She's got no scars. She came back, she hears perfect. I mean, I don't understand you. I didn't say everything back then I would have said today, but nonetheless, he, he you know, are you listening? Yeah. See, no matter what it costs, it's worth it. See, we took a lot of persecution. I didn't realize how God was going to separate me from so many people. And then I, I was in another church later. You know, I was in a church um, in Otisco, Indiana, and the preacher up the road found out I was spirit-filled, wrote my home church, sent me a copy of the letter. He ran me down the road and said, you need to pull his papers. He's not a Baptist anymore. Well, I called that pastor. A different pastor was in charge there than the one that uh, ordained me. But I said, I'm coming up to Ohio. Could you have lunch with me, sir? Yeah. And I sat across the table from him. I had all my papers in a little folder. And I said, here's my license and ordination. If you need them, there they are. He shoved them back at me and said, no, I don't know you, Michael. But the men who ordained you in the church, the deacons that ordained, said they didn't understand tongues and healing, but they believe in you. Just keep it. I said, okay. But see, we're talking about sometimes you take flack over things that are important to God and to us. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We're going to get into this here in just a minute. 
Smith Wigglesworth said this, nothing is impossible to a man that's filled with the Holy Ghost. You want to know how to get out in that area where nothing's impossible, you need to be filled and stay filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> yeah. John G. Lake, these are all old timers now, they're all in heaven. John G. Lake was a missionary to Africa, later came back in the States, I think he was in Washington State or Oregon out west, and did, I think he had 100,000 healings in that city, in one city. Just a tremendous man of God. He said when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, God descends into man and man ascends into God. This is the purpose and power of the baptism in the Holy Ghost. You know, I don't know if you know this person. You probably don't. Her name is Frida Lindsay. She's, uh, she just went home to be with the Lord a few years ago. She's about 92 or 93. And she had all, it was a full gospel Bible school, and she had all the leading speakers from around the world in that. She's 90-something. She had that school for probably 60 years, 50 to 60. And she said about John G. Lake, when he came in the room, dominion came in the room with him, even if he didn't speak. You felt a, a surge, something dominant is here. You know, that's the way it ought to be with us. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. We're not showing our weight around, but we're walking in a dominion with God. That's what I'm saying. All right, let's go back to 1 Corinthians 14. Let's look at a few more scriptures here. I, I'm not going to preach a real long time, but I want to preach a little bit into you to get you to see what I'm saying. And to give you chapters and verses, I may not be able to answer all your questions, but I'm sure you have pastors that could answer them. And, they, and they, they probably should, and I'm sure they do. 1 Corinthians 14, uh, just the first part of verse 5, and then we're going to read verse 18. Paul says, I would that you all spake with tongues. How many? All of us. Let's read verse 18 here. This is Paul writing. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Now, if you read the, about Paul's dealing with the Corinthian church versus the other churches, the gifts of the Spirit are mentioned in the other churches too. But in this church, there was an excess of speaking in tongues. Not that tongues were bad, not that tongues were wrong, but when they came into a service, when they're going to be fed, you can't just all speak in tongues. You could do that in a prayer meeting. You know, and I may have you all pray in tongues and pray with me in just a minute. That's fine too. But he's talking here about the fact that he said, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. That says volumes to me. That, that means he spoke in tongues all the time then. You know, to himself and to God. You don't, you don't go into a market and speak in tongues to the person you're going to pay to get out of the market from your groceries. You know, don't be silly with this. But you, you've got to make time to speak in other tongues for your own edification. Your own building up, your own rising higher and higher and higher. You listening to me? Listen, it doesn't matter what anybody else does. If you just get a hold of this and walk with it, with me in this, I mean, you'll be a different person. You'll be a different person. So Paul then most have spoken tongues quite a bit. Let's go back here to Mark 16 now a minute. Look at something here that Jesus said. Paul said, I would that you all spoke in tongues, but let's see what Jesus said about it. In Mark 16... One of my favorite passages of all. Mark 16, verse 15. And uh, you know, if I get going fast, I'm not trying to lose you. You could just write the reference down. But it says, 
And he said unto them, this is Jesus, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So the things he's going to mention here in verse 17 is part of the gospel. Is that right? All right. And these signs, verse 17, Mark 16, 17, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out demons. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And verse 20, And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, and confirming the word with signs following. That's what's going to happen tonight. When I'm done preaching, we're going to minister to some people about this and about some other things that are in my mantle that I'm anointed to help you with, if you need that tonight. But let's understand, as the word goes out, your faith will get stronger, and God will confirm his word. He doesn't confirm me because I combed my hair back. He don't confirm me because I've been in the ministry 40 years. He confirms what we preach that's his word, which is the gospel. So we're talking about something here that's very uh, important, and the implication is in verse 17 that all believers would speak with new tongues. He's not talking there about not maybe before you got saved, maybe you cursed or maybe you told bad stories or nasty things, that's part of it, but that's not what he means in the context of this verse. He means you're going to speak in a new language that you didn't learn, you didn't go to college to learn it, you didn't go educated to get it. It's not out of your head at all, it's out of your spirit. I didn't understand that for a long time, and finally people would say to me, you said this in the service. I said, I did? I went back and listened to the tape, sure enough I did. The reason I didn't remember it, it didn't come out of my head, it came out of my spirit. See, when you speak in tongues, that's from down here. When I'm speaking in English, I have to, my brain kicks in to say something that you could understand intelligently, but I can slip right over in the spirit and go, See? And I could just take off in tongues, but then you wouldn't be edified. So we're probably not going to do that a whole lot right now, but I'm just talking to you here. This indicates Jesus said that we're going to cast out devils and we're going to speak in a new language, new tongues. Hallelujah. So again, this was for all believers. Are you still here? Let's look at, look, look at Luke 11 a minute. I want you to see something because people get so concerned, not you hopefully, not, I don't think your pastors are concerned, but some people are concerned, well, how do I know that's God? How do I know the devil can't get involved? I'm going to show you why I know the devil can't get involved with this. The only way he wants to get involved with this is keep you in the ignorant realm or a not knowing realm so you won't act on it there's nothing wrong with getting a good education I tell people in my church if you're going to be a technician go to the best tech school you can do your best be an A student or be as best you can be but when it comes to spiritual things that's another realm that's a different realm than natural education and I want to encourage you to stretch yourself a little bit there's some realms out here that I don't think we've gotten into too far yet. My wife was watching something today. I'm, gonna, I'm parked in Luke 11. I'll be right back with you. She was watching the news, and I think it had to do with NASA and space research, and they said they had this probe that's out at Jupiter now. It took it five years to travel there. And they were going to have to recharge the batteries in order to send it around the planet, it's in the sat, uh, Jupiter's orbit now, so they can take pictures as that thing travels around that planet. Now, why are they doing that? They're doing that to find out what's out there. 
In the same way, let me use a, a spiritual analogy. There's things out here in the spirit that most believers never even know exist, much less operate in. I don't think it'd take you five years, but I've been at this 45. I've been saved 45 years. I'm not talking about somebody with a little bit of experience in me. I've been to a couple of county fairs and a hayride. Yeah, and all I'm saying is you're going to have to work on this in your life if you want to become spiritually keen. You know, sometimes Dr. Summerall said a really spiritual man, nobody understands him. So that's something you have to work into your thinking. If you're going to be a spiritual person, not everybody's thrilled about it. Not everybody's going to encourage you to push on, press on, press out into something. But if we don't do that, we're not going to have the miracles and the supernatural like they had in the past and like some are having today. And I have miracles just about everywhere I go, so I'm not, I'm not talking out my hat here. People get healed and delivered in my services, and I'm not bragging on me. I didn't do it. I'm just a vessel that God's using and flowing through. But if I'm not available, then he can't flow through me. And if I'm not praying in tongues, I'm not very edified. I told you about Smith Wigglesworth. He didn't have much of an education. He was a plumber by trade. But they said, how do you do what you do? He said, I go to the motel or I go home and I lay in the bed in the hotel and I pray in tongues for two or three hours. And then I come to the church and minister out of what I just did. Yeah. So we're going to have to realize there are answers waiting for you, but they're out there where you're going to have to pursue it by praying in other tongues. I know as a pastor, when I was pastor, and I'm not pastoring anymore, I would say to the people, they would come to me with uh, problems, primarily. Nobody's coming normally and just, you know, edifying me. They just had issues, whatever you want to call that, problems, issues. And I would say to them for a couple years there, I said, when's the last time you prayed 30 minutes in tongues without stopping? And they would do like this. They were busted. I said, that's why you're sitting here talking to me. You don't ever pray in tongues. Except on a, a way to emergency room when you take a little belly bop, fell off his bike. Or Sister Sue. You making fun? Absolutely, I'm making fun. I'm making fun of people that are spirit-filled but never practice it. I'm just trying to be real with you. And then one smart aleck kid, I brought. he came to see me over a bunch of issues. I said, when's the last time you prayed in tongues for 30 minutes without stopping? This morning. How long did you pray? 35 minutes. See, he just did that so he could tell me he'd prayed that day, but he didn't pray regularly. I, he's kind of a jerk. I won't mention his name, of course, but he needs help. Still needs help. I think it's interesting. My wife said they're going to recharge the batteries in outer space from NASA. I thought about us on this planet. If we'll spend time to pray in the Holy Ghost, God will recharge our batteries <laughs> with heavenly power, heavenly life, heavenly strength, heavenly power. And then nothing, then nothing is impossible for us. Hallelujah. All right. You're listening to me, aren't you? So just like there's probes going out there and finding things we didn't even... They even found a planet recently that said it looked like, a lot like Earth, like they thought maybe that planet could sustain life. People ask me, real, act real heady, like, you think there's 
aliens out there? I said, well, Jesus lives out there somewhere. And so does my dead relatives that love Jesus. They're living somewhere in the planet called heaven. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. I'm in Luke 11. Let's read this here, verse 9 through 13. Because I want to assure you that if you ask God to baptize you in the Holy Ghost, He's going to give you what you ask for. And I say unto you, verse 9, Luke eleven nine, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he uh, for a fish give him a serpent? Of course not. Or if he shall ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? Of course not. And then Jesus went on to say, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Ghost, same person, to them that ask him? So when you ask him for the Holy Ghost, to be filled with the Holy Ghost, he's going to give you the Holy Ghost. You're not going to get something weird. The only thing you need to realize is if you come up here for that and I lay hands on you, you need to believe you receive when hands are laid on you and you need to not think in English if you could do that. That's what I had to do that day in that back bedroom. Said, Lord, I want this. I don't understand it all. I'd only read eight pages of Dennis Bennett's book. I read the rest of it later, of course. And I said, I want this and I, want, I, I see this as empowerment for my life. And I started speaking in tongues. And I'm going to tell you another part that happened right then when I did. I, the devil came in that room and started pointing at me. And he said, well, you're in trouble now. And the Lord spoke from within me and he said, no, you're not in trouble. You know this is me. Just hold on to this. So I've held on to it since 1978. And I'm telling you, I've been through a lot of changes, haven't done everything right, made a lot of mistakes, but... Jesus, through praying in tongues, has helped me to know how to get beyond where I was to where I needed to be. There's lots of things I don't know in my head, but there's lots of things I know in my heart that I trust that anymore, more than my head, because my head will want to tell me no, but my spirit would say yes. You train yourself by praying in the spirit. Listen, I'm not yelling at you, I'm trying to help you to see, and this you know, just a four-minute prayer, for three blocks to school or something, that's going to help, but it's, you're going to have to spend some quality time praying in other tongues, really, to get yourself over there in a realm with God. You know, when, you're, when you begin to pray in other tongues, my tongue hooks up with the Spirit. My tongue hooks up with the Holy Spirit, but it's my Spirit that's praying. <laughs> yeah. Had all kinds of things happen. When we receive the baptism in the Holy Ghost, or it's sometimes called the gift of the Holy Ghost, or receiving the baptism in the Holy Ghost, or being filled with the Holy Spirit, that's all the same thing. And when you're full, you'll start speaking. That's how you know you're full. So, you know, if you come tonight for that, I would like to lay hands on you. I'd like you to go ahead and just speak immediately. Turn your brain off. It's the same for healing. When I minister healing, I have to tell sometimes, tell people, no, you, got, you can't get it with your head. Because when I lay hands on them, I can tell if they're in their head or in their spirit. See, you receive from the inward man. You receive from your, with your heart. 
Sometimes you just got to turn your mind off. Here's another thing, that your mind will be changed if you pray in tongues enough. You quiet down all the outer noise and all this commotion out here and learning to attend upon the Lord without distractions. Am I making sense? And you've got a lot of distractions sometimes, you know. We all do. A lot of preachers got a lot of distractions. I got, I got a son, and I told him twice now. And the second time I said, I see you in a coffin. So if you don't take heed to what I'm telling you tonight, the Lord Holy Spirit said, you're, you, that's going that way. And you're moving too quick and moving too fast. Of course, he had a lot of issues right then, different things. He's finally got it more and more together, see? How did I know that? Because I pray in tongues. I wasn't, I wasn't making fun of him. I was trying to spare his life. Hallelujah. Just trying to help us here. When we receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, we'll receive the Bible evidence of speaking in tongues. So let's go to, over to the book of Acts now, chapter 2. I'm going to take a few more minutes because this is important to go over this with you. I think it is. You know, I think it's very important, and it's a big subject, but yet we're trying to go through it here and help you to see how important it was. When you get into the book of Acts, you're really in the New Covenant. Jesus had already died. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he was still in the planet ministering. He was, Jesus was, the body of Christ. He operated in all the gifts of the Spirit, minus tongues and interpretation, because that was reserved for the New Covenant. But all the other seven, he operated, and he operated in all five ministry gifts. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. So we see that, but after he died and went to hell and brought his blood up into heaven and poured it out on the mercy seat, then we could be redeemed. Then the Holy Spirit comes to empower us once we are saved or be, fill us with himself. It's the same Holy Spirit that makes you a new creature in Christ, but that's not different than the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Really, I would say it this way, when you receive Jesus, that's what you're doing, receiving Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit plays a part in that, but He is not the fullness of the Spirit at that moment. He's just recreating your spirit, getting you a vessel where you could respond and receive from the Holy Spirit and be filled with Him for power, for service. Hallelujah. Are you, am I making sense? I'm telling you, the more you learn to pray in tongues and give yourself to that, and, and I'm just encouraging you, listen, you, you may be a little bit of a strange person if you do that, but you won't be strange with God. Hallelujah. Now let's look at Acts 2 and, 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 and 1 through 4 here. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, that's part of the reason we're called Pentecostal people, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly... And God's still doing some suddenlies. There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled. How many? They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. One translation says, as the Spirit prompted their utterance. So when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit doesn't do your praying for you, but He gives you the utterance if you'll catch hold with Him and begin to pray that out. 
That's your spirit praying with the help of the Holy Ghost. See, all of a sudden when you switch over and pray in the spirit, you're in, your spirit is in contact with God who is a spirit. You're making a spiritual connection. How important is that? It's, it's everything. You know, I've just paid attention to people. I'm not critical or anything. I've been in this 45 years dealing with sheep, dealing with other preachers, dealing with the, the, the body of Christ, and just seems to me like a lot of people living out of their head and not out of their spirit. Life was never intended to be this complicated. Trust me, listen, I don't care what era you're going to live in. You know, I'll probably go home in another 20 or 30 years if the Lord tarries, but the, the technology is accelerating, and you can use technology for your good, but don't let it run your life. It's a problem. You know, when I went to have lunch with my spiritual father or somebody I respect, I always left my phone in the car or left it at the hotel or put, turned it off. But I didn't take calls when I'm trying to listen to somebody that knows God better than me. And I've been with Dr. Dufresne for 20 years, and I saw all kinds of preachers. Their phone would ring, they'd get up out of the table, and he's talking, and interrupt the flow, and go do something, talk to somebody about something that was unnecessary, in my opinion. It shows the lack of honor towards men of God and women of God, and it shows the distractions in people's minds that something is running their life other than God. Now, I don't think my staff is here. Arlene and Dale are back there somewhere. They were, but... Uh, Donna, who's been my secretary now for, I don't know, a long, long time, uh, sometimes I would say, I'm going to my office, I'm going to talk to Jesus, I don't want to be disturbed. Unless somebody's dying, don't, talk, don't call me. And so when people would call, is the pastor available? No, he's got an appointment. And she wasn't lying, I have an appointment with Jesus. Had an appointment to go sit down in my office and pray in tongues or lay on the flat floor and pray in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Listen, the Holy Spirit wants to help you live life. He wants to help you manage your life. He wants to help you get into the fullness of what could be yours. It, I'm tired of reading about all the great men of old and women of old. I, I, I want to be that person. But you can't be that person unless you're disciplined in what I'm teaching you because you're not spiritually attuned to it enough. So listen, whatever you do pray in tongues, stretch yourself, stretch yourself, stretch yourself a little further. Hallelujah. So we see here they were all filled. And they began, and notice they began to speak. with The Holy Spirit didn't take over their vocal cords, but the Holy Spirit assisted them as they yielded to him. And you could just speak out whatever you need to speak out. Now, you've heard me pray just a little bit in tongues, and sometimes I get into diverse types of tongues. Or sometimes I get into another dialect when I'm going on the mission field. Occasionally I'll pick up the mission that where I'm going to minister, I'll pick up that dialect in intercessory prayer. And one time I was praying like that, and all of a sudden I, I sounded like some kind of an Indian language. Of some, not India, but like an American Indian. And then I went to the Navajo Nation, and they talked just like I talked that night in the prayer meeting. I've had that happen several times. One time I was in Latin America, and I had an interpreter, and I was speaking in English. He was talking in Spanish, and all of a sudden I hit a different gear, and I started talking in Spanish. I don't know Spanish. And they said, well, we heard you say two or three sentences. I didn't remember. Yeah, just the Holy Ghost got me. Hallelujah. 
But we're really talking about you being edified, you being built up higher and higher and higher and higher. I've heard ignorant people say, well, he's so heavenly minded, he's no earthly good. No, the truth is the body of Christ is not very heavenly minded at all. That's why we're not doing so well sometimes. You need all that God wants to give you. You need all that God wants to do in you. You need all the power that he's got available. You know, I'm not the sharpest tool in the toolbox, but I'm not stupid either. And I just paid attention that when God was dealing with me, and I was so hungry during seminary days, and still am, that I just found myself reading a book by an Episcopalian priest. I would have never dreamed that in a million years. And only read eight pages and got filled with the Holy Ghost. It changed my life forever. Next to being saved, that's probably one of the most significant changes I've ever had. Because it began to, praying in tongues opens the door for the gifts of the Spirit. And I don't know how many of you know about my ministry or whatever, but we have different things. And I didn't ask for them, but they came as I prayed in tongues. And sometimes they didn't come all at once. They came staggered. Sometimes I would operate in certain things for a few years, and then God would add on another dimension to that. Or add a different gift in with the gift I already had. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, now, now they go on and they preach to people, you know, on in, in this chapter 2, but let's go to verse 38 and 39. And, and finally they said, now, what do we need to do to enter into this? They're asking Peter, Acts 2, 38 and 39. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. That's talking about new birth. And, say and, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. See, the Holy Ghost is being offered tonight. He's always being offered, but you have to receive him. You see that? You, you've got to have faith to receive him. And then he says, For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Everybody here, you've been called into, into Christ. You, you're, I assume everybody's born again. I hope you are. I heard... What, 27 people got baptized today in water? Something like that. That's wonderful. Woo! Hey! Yeah. But this says it's for anybody that's been called into the body of Christ. Every believer should be spirit-filled and speak in other tongues. And spending some quality time doing that is the issue right now, I'm sensing that we're so inundated with other things and other people and our time is stretched so tight, you've got to learn to carve something out of your life and spend some time with God. Hallelujah. You still here? Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's go over to Acts 10 a minute. Acts 10, this is, uh, you know, an angel came to Cornelius' house. I'm going to give you a little lowdown on it. Turn to Acts 10, we're going to read verse 44 through 46. But this man Cornelius, an angel came into his life and said, Go send for such and such a person. He's down at this city, staying at the house of this guy. And he sent men. He said, hey, He'll come to you and he'll speak words to you that will help you understand who, he, who God is. And so Peter's there and he gathered his whole family, Cornelius and his close friends, and they're all in this one room. And verse 44 of Acts 10 says, While Peter yet spake these words... The Holy Ghost fell on all them that heard the word. Notice the Holy Ghost fell on all of them. I'm trying to show you God wants to get everybody. 
filled with the Holy Ghost. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Here he's called the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Notice when you speak in tongues, God gets magnified. Now really from God's standpoint, he can't get any bigger than he is. But from my standpoint, as I pray in the Spirit, and you'll pray in the Spirit, you begin, God begins to get bigger on the inside of you, and your perception of him begins to grow. See, when I was in strictly a Baptist denominational church, they didn't believe in healing. We didn't see people get healed there. Not at church. You understand me? We didn't see people get delivered there. They didn't have any lines for get the devil off people. They, they either didn't know it or were afraid of it. Either way, they were wrong. Because really, man should have been uh, listening to the Holy Spirit and letting the Holy Spirit teach them. Hallelujah. You can't get what you don't know, and you can't know what you're not taught. This becomes critical to us, especially our generation. This younger generation today, you know, I think you guys are going to outshine us. I really do. Hallelujah. This was 10 years after Pentecost when this took place, and they were still getting people saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. I mean, Peter did such a great job of teaching before he ever got through teaching. He didn't have a chance to give an invitation. The power of God hit him, and they all started speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. And then let's go to Acts 19 a minute. This is 20 years after Pentecost, what we read back in, in Acts 2. This is 20 years later, chapter 19 of Acts, verse 1 through 7 here. Look at this, Acts 19, And it came to pass that while Paulus was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, said to them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Or really, the Greek says, when you believed. And they said, We have not heard so much as whether there be any Holy Ghost. I think that's the problem sometimes. People haven't even heard of him. And, and, so in, and then Paul says, Unto them what were you baptized? And they said unto John's baptism, which was a baptism of repentance, he says in verse 4. But he said, you should believe on him which should come after him, the end of verse 4, that is on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized, that is in water, in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Now we got them speaking in tongues. And another gift was added on of prophecy, the simple gift of prophecy. Hallelujah. And all the men were about 12. So again, all of them got filled with the Holy Spirit because Paul taught them, then he ministered to them, laid his hands on them, and they all got filled with the Holy Ghost. And not only that, they prophesied. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Man, this is exciting, I think. I'm excited about it. Let's go over here to 1 Corinthians 14. Look at just a few more scriptures, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop preaching and start ministering to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and uh, I believe it's verse 2. I believe that's right. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 2 here. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue. Now, unknown, it wasn't in the original language. That's why it's italicized in the King James. You could just say, I think they were trying to help us. I don't know if they did. They just meant unknown to the speaker. 
It's a language unknown to the speaker. Once you receive it, though, it becomes your prayer language, your communication with God. Hallelujah. He that speaketh, verse 2, he that speaketh in a tongue speaks not unto men but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. Really, the thing, uh, one of the translations says he speaks divine secrets. Notice you're not talking to men when you're speaking in tongues, but you're talking to God. The one who doesn't know is talking to the one who knows everything about everything. See, God's bigger to me than he was when I wasn't spirit-filled because I'm seeing him in a new light. I've been walking with him now since 78 as a spirit-filled believer, and I've seen people healed, people that should have died make it. God turned it around for them. I've had all kinds of miracles of different sorts. I'm not bragging on me. It's the Holy Ghost in me. But see, when you're praying, you're talking to God about things, and you're speaking out these things. Now, I want you to pay attention. It says, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. Now, hold your hand right here, because I'm coming back to 1 Corinthians. Go over to Ephesians 1. The Lord just really dealt with me about this verse this week in this meeting. Uh, not because anybody else brought it up, but he was dealing with me about this message. You know, I just try to be obedient to God. I would have loved to talk to you about the prophet's ministry <laughs> or the anointing or healing or, uh, you know, deliverance. And, uh, of course, we teach all those things. But he was talking to me about talking to you about praying in other tongues, the importance of that, the significance of that. Uh, Ephesians 1 and 9, uh, Paul writes, Having made known unto us, or you could even say me, the mystery of his will. See, God has a will or a plan for everybody's life, but it's hidden. It's not hidden from you, it's hidden for you. You listening? It said, He's made known. Now, how is he making that known? Back to 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For he, no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaks mystery. When I pray in tongues, and when I'm praying for myself now, I'm not talking about praying for somebody else. There's things, different things you could pray about in tongues. But I'm talking about you praying over your own life. You with me? You say, Father, you do, I, this is what I do. I just sometimes say, Father, I'm just going to talk to you about me for a while. And I may pray for an hour. I may pray for two hours. I may pray for 45 minutes. One day I prayed four hours and 30 minutes. And when I'm praying, I'm praying out what God has for my life. Now, I may not get it all at that moment that I prayed, the answer to everything right then, but I begin to be more spiritually attuned to His will in my life. And I'm praying out my future. You can get ahead of things if you listen to me. You can pray things. You can pray your things. Pray yourself into some things. The things that God has for you. Which I don't remember which speaker talked about God's ways and my ways, our ways, and His ways are higher. If I'm praying in tongues enough, I get attuned to what He wants for my life. Hallelujah. In the spirit, he speaks mysteries. I'm back in 1 Corinthians 14, 2. He that speaks in a tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. No man understandeth him. Howbeit in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. He is speaking the mysteries of God that God has hidden for us. 
and he's making known unto us, I'm comparing that with Ephesians now, 1 and 9, he's making known unto me the mystery of his will. Are you following me? You know, when you begin to learn this, and learn this really strongly and understand it correctly, uh, you don't have to ask everybody what they think. You know what God thinks. Of course, you're going to have to be mature to do that. I mean, you know, because people could dream up stuff in their head, and it may not be God. You'd be smart to go to your pastor or somebody who knows God better than you do and say, I'm thinking about this. What do you think? He may have, you know, something to help guide that. But what I'm saying is you can begin to do that and you're praying out your future. See, God has a specific plan for everybody's life here. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you. I mean, God dealt with me back in 1975 about the prophet's ministry, but I was so ignorant back then, I, did, I couldn't see it. And then he would deal with me later. A few years later, he talked to me again. Then, a few, then, then finally, Dr. Dufresne got into my life, and he saw it about the prophet's mantle. He saw things I didn't even see in myself because he was a spiritual father. He started ministering and nurturing that anointing in me. This is why you need your pastors and go into church regularly. Hallelujah. Yeah, let's see here. Look at verse 4. He that speaks in a tongue edifies himself. The word edify means improves himself or he moves himself forward. You know, there, I know we think, every, think some terms of everything else improving us. How about some self-improvement? Spending some time praying in other tongues in your own life and God showing you and bringing you forward in things and you begin to improve your life just by praying in other tongues. I'd say something else Brother Hagin said. Now, Brother Hagin was 87 when he went home. He was spirit-filled, I think, when he was, I don't know, 17 or 18. And he said that after long seasons of praying in other tongues, God gave me financial breakthroughs I would have never had had I not spent time praying in other tongues. But I know that never come together in your brain, me either that praying in tongues would bring me into financial blessing, but that's all included in that comment right there. He that prays in a tongue edifies himself. We need to be edified people. You're either an edified person and, or you're a needy person. There's nothing wrong with being needy if you have needs right then, but you don't have to stay in that mode. You could begin to pray in tongues and improve yourself and become the person that's edified. Yeah. Well, edified people edify the situation. When you are on empty, anything can fill you. I think some of the other speakers, my daughter and my son, that's Jessica and Jordan, they dealt with a lot of that uh, today and last night. When you're empty, you just go after anything to fill you up. But when you're full of God, it's a different deal. It's a safety for you. Are you listening? You know, if you don't feel like something's working out, go pray in tongues about it and ask Father to show you. And pray in tongues long enough to still your mind, if you've got a mind that runs all the time. Still yourself, calm yourself down. 
and pray in tongues, and then what I do, this is what I do, you can take it or leave it. After I prayed in tongues over a period of time, I stop and I just get real still. And I always have a pencil and paper by me somewhere, by my bed, in my office, in my car, i got sticky tabs. i got something to write something down, because if you don't write it down, you'll forget it. And God will speak to you about what it is that you need in life and what it is you need to do, whatever, whatever it entails, he begins to help you that, like that. When you get bored with God, you'll go places that's off limits. But if you'll stay hot in the Holy Ghost, then, then the devil won't be able to get hold of you. Your success is in doing daily routine things. We're not trying to make a pie in the sky, but every day you're going to have to spend some quality time with the Father. Reading your Bible. Listen to me. This is so simple. This is not rocket scientists. Read your Bible every day and pray in other tongues. And don't just read it, but study it. And when I read scriptures, I'll say, Father, now show me, Holy Spirit, help me to understand what you're trying to communicate with me. I mean, just this week he brought Ephesians 1.9 up to me. I looked it up in my Bible and it says, He's made known unto us the mysteries of His will. And I was studying 1 Corinthians 14 to preach this message. And the Lord said, Those two go together. When you pray in tongues, I'm making known to you, Michael, the mystery of my will that otherwise would have been hid from you because you didn't pray in tongues. Hallelujah. There's a plan God has for everybody to go places with Him and go places in Him. Praise the Lord. You need to develop your own spiritual life day by day. Long life is associated with God's plan for your life, and if you get away from God's plan for your life, you're going to have problems in your body and in your mind. Are you listening? Man, I'm telling you, I'd go after that. I mean, if I were you right now, you're just young people. I'm 66. I don't know how I got here so quick. I know I don't look it. But, you know, I'm, I'm getting older. I'm not an old man, but I, I'm not 16 anymore. I'm not even 40. That was more than 25 years ago when I was 40. And I'm going to be 67 in about three weeks. So, I mean, my, my age is moving ahead here. And I don't have time to wander around on the planet for 20 years and not know what I'm doing anymore. I've been praying for 40 years to get where I'm at now. I don't know about you. I'm just talking about me. And some people don't like what I do. And some people don't understand why I do what I do. Some people in my own church probably. I'm sorry they don't understand it, but that's not my problem. I'm going to obey God. Whether anybody likes it or not. Because I don't want to die young. I'm not ready to go to heaven. If I was, I'd just lay down and say, I'm done here, I'm going, come on, just leaving here. But I'm not going to do that because I'm on purpose, I'm living my life for Him, and I've got things to accomplish and do in the earth because I've been praying, and not just one time for 30 minutes and then not pray for another week and then pray 15 and then not pray for another month and then pray 10. That ain't going to cut it. Hallelujah. Am I making sense to you? Let me show you one other little secret here that may help you a little bit here. It's in 1 Corinthians 14 and uh, verse, let me see here, verse 13. 
says, Wherefore let him that speaketh in a tongue, or an unknown tongue, unknown to the speaker, pray that he may interpret. Now, now that means that I could pray, after I prayed in tongues, I can ask God for the interpretation of that. Now, I don't have interpretation for every single thing that I pray, but I do get a lot of that. And then I'm, I'll just mention this, I don't have time, I'm out of time, I guess. But talking about interpretation, sometimes I'm starting to get over in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. I'm not a singer, I've not, not got a great voice or anything, but I just worship God and begin to prophesy to myself and speak things out, of my, out in English after I've prayed for a while. And I take it as a word from God to me to help me. You can do the same thing. You know, we need corporate worship. We need praise band. Praise God for them. But, you know, you need to realize that you, too, as an individual, you could have a praise time with God just yourself. You can have a worship time with God just yourself. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Somebody, people have different ways of doing things. They put on music maybe and help them. I don't know. I, that's not me, typically. But they could do that. But you're going to have to spend some time with God. And if you pray in tongues, I'm telling you, your spirit will come alive to God in a new way, in a fresh way. And then I'm going to mention this, and then I'm going to close. You know, there's times when you pray in tongues, and you pick up other people, and you're able to pray something through for them. I remember a lady, I won't mention her last name, her name was Tammy. And she was going to hell. And she started dating a boy in my church, a young man. And I'd been witnessing to her, and he'd been witnessing to her, and she seemed adamant that she wasn't going to relent, she wasn't going to give in. And I was in my office on a Sunday night praying in other tongues, and all of a sudden I went somewhere in other tongues, and I, I, got, I was over in travail. And you don't always get in there, but I got in a deeper level of intercession. And for just a few minutes there, I felt like I was lost. You know what I mean? Not saved. And the Lord quickly revealed to me, he said, that's what you're feeling for her. And tonight when you preach, she'll be here and she'll walk down and get saved because you prayed, Michael. So I went out, I didn't say anything to anybody about that. I went ahead and preached my message, gave an invitation, and here she came. I, was, I got up one night, the Lord said, get up and pray in tongues. He didn't tell me what about. I got up and prayed in tongues for about 45 minutes. I picked up my sister, my biological sister. She's 11 years younger than me, and we're, we're not real close, but kind of, a little bit, and so I knew I hit a note of victory, but I couldn't figure out what the deal was with her, so I called her, and I said, hey, sis, I'm praying for you in other tongues. Now, she's, she's a Christian church girl. She's not, tongue, she's not a spirit-filled person. She doesn't believe in speaking in tongues, but she knew I was saying something, and she said, well, you don't... You prayed for me last night? I said, yeah, last night. About 45 minutes in the middle of the night from 3 to 3.45. She said, my God. She said, I quit my job because my boss didn't know where to put his fingers. He started fooling, trying to fool with her, and she quit that job and went to another job to get employment. And the guy told her that morning, you're the least qualified for the job of the four people, but I think you're the right person. I'm hiring you. And I didn't know anything about any of that until she told me that moment. 
See, now we're getting out beyond just ourselves. What's this all about me? No, it's all about you being a part of the body of Christ and praying and being sensitive to God. And maybe you don't know all the answers to everything when you pray, but if you'll just give yourself to that, mainly I'm talking about you, though, being edified, getting built up, rising higher and higher. We've been talking about this. What do you do when you go home from camp? Well, you start living. You live in a home with your mom and dad and other siblings, or you live somewhere, and you maybe have a job, or you maybe go to school, or tech school, or I don't know what you do. But whatever you're doing, make some extra time to pray. I'll tell about one more situation. This happened over a period of about a month. Three different times the Lord, uh, the Lord dealt with me about a prester friend that I, he was in danger. His life was in danger. And I prayed about 45 minutes, and I, I didn't feel led to continue. And I went back to bed, and three, three days later, God woke me up again and said, get up and pray for so-and-so, and I got up and prayed for him. Third time that happened, I, I felt like I hit a note of victory for him. So this is three different times, 45 minutes each time, praying for my fellow pastor. And that morning, after that third time, he called me up and said, Pastor Jacobs, I was in a bad car wreck. I said, were you hurt? He said, no. I said, well, I've been praying for you for three weeks now. He said, my car rolled over in a creek, and I was able to crawl out the window and get up on top of it. I didn't drown. I wasn't injured. My car's a mess, but I'm whole. I don't even have to go to the hospital. Hallelujah. You know, these are things we can get into, but they don't come just because we, uh, you know, try it. We've got to give ourselves to praying. Hallelujah. You get anything tonight? This is God's way to help us get over in the spirit and get over in the things of God that he has for us for our future. Hallelujah. Stand up with me, would you please? Hallelujah. I think, Morgan, if you're available, I'd like you to come and help me. Just, just Morgan for a minute. We'll see where we go with this. All right. You got here comes a mic. 